Psalm 127, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. This is God's word. Happy Father's Day. I'm a happy father <laughs> and a happy grandfather. And I'm a happy son and a happy grandson. Did you know that? That's amazing. 23 years ago, I don't know if it's exactly today, but 23 years ago today on Father's Day, Taylor had heart problems and called me last minute to speak. And Ron Mann prayed <laughs> before and after. So I feel right at home today, okay? And uh, they don't remember it, but I do, okay? <laughs> I was 47 years old. I had eight children, two still in diapers. My father, grandfather, and my grandmother, Berta Radford, my nephew, Jay Holcomb, were alive. They're all now in glory. Unbelievable change in 23 years. I spoke then mainly of the, of the incredible blessing that I had being raised in a family with godly grandparents who loved their children and loved their grandchildren. And the incredible, unbelievable privilege of being raised by a mother and a father who loved the Lord Jesus. I saw Jesus Christ every day in my home. No reason to rebel. <laughs> it would have been stupid. <laughs> he was obvious to me in the life of my parents. And I spoke 23 years ago mainly about the incredible privilege as a result of that. But times have changed. Unbelievable changes in our world today. Massive satanic onslaught and deception. He wants to destroy families. He wants to destroy our marriages. He wants to destroy our children. Homosexuality, 1% in 1970. 16.6% today. That, that thing just came out a couple of weeks ago. And in when, single women under the age of 30, 33% claim to be same-sex attracted. We have gender confusion. A father arrested in Canada for refusing to address his biologic daughter as a male and put in jail. What our children are being taught by our society and schools and media is, is discouraging, and our task as parents is daunting. And I didn't talk about this too, the problem of pain. Parents who want and are unable to have children. I didn't talk about this 23 years ago. Husbands who have betrayed and abandoned their children and their wives. Men and women who were hurt by their fathers because their fathers never showed them love, never loved them, never told them how special they were. Never told their sons that they had what it takes. 
or their daughters that they were beautiful and lovely and precious in God's sight. I didn't talk about the pain of fathers and mothers who have genuinely tried to raise their kids to be good parents and their children have struggled and rebelled and continue to fail and live in rebellion and walk away from the things of the Lord. Our great need today is for good and godly fathers. And more than anything else, I want to tell you this. If you don't remember anything I say today, but one thing is this. If your kids grow up and love Jesus, it's the grace of God that does it. It's not your technique. It's not your parental skills. It's the absolute, incredible, unbelievable grace of God in your life and in mine. And we should be thankful and praise him. Why? Because unless the Lord builds the house, your labor is in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. And I have to read this. I was walking out of the house this morning. James Dobson's June letter. I hadn't even opened it sitting on the counter. When I survey what is being done to the most vulnerable members of society, I become alarmed and angry. Children of the future of the human race. You and I will soon pass from the scene, and today's younger generation will inherit the earth. The Marxist-leftist activists and liberal politicians who are engineering today's revolution understand this dynamic fully. They recognize that everything they and their socialist predecessors have sought to achieve for many decades is suddenly within reach. This is why they are throwing hell itself at the young. They are striking while the iron is still hot. And when he said he, when he was writing this, he stopped for a moment and just saw and heard a sermon by John MacArthur. And he quotes John MacArthur. What we're facing today is fierce, I will confess, of all the things that disturb me in this culture, of all the terrific, y'all oh, forgive me, at age 70, I should have put these on a few minutes ago, okay? <laughs> of all the horrific, sinful, wretched, wicked, corrupt influences that go on in this culture, I think the thing that distresses me most is the war on children. This culture is weaponized to destroy children. It's systematically designed to do that. 62.5 million of them have been slaughtered in the womb since Roe v. Wade in the 70s. We all understand the breakdown of the family. If a child can escape abortion and be born, the child has a 50-50 chance of being born to a married couple. It is likely that that married couple will get a divorce. It is likely that they will be unfaithful to their marital vows. It is likely that the child will be sent to a public school and come under the influence of those whose agenda is anti-God, anti-Christ, and anti-Scripture. And as you know, our country, the politicians who lead it are making laws that are devastating to children under the pressure of sexual freedom, homosexuality, transgenderism. The desire is to make that normal and to punish people who speak against it with laws in the category of hate speech. The lies of systemic racism and the race hustlers dominate the ideologies of universities and even churches, music producers, movie makers, social media providers, big tech, you name it. They literally pump out things that destroy children. Children are under relentless assault by all the forces of evil, and they are defenseless. 
And we have a society and a culture that wants to make sure that these who are pumping out this destruction are free to keep doing it without restraint. Children are defenseless when their parents sell them to a human trafficker who drops them eight to 10 feet over a wall into Sodom and Gomorrah all by themselves. Or when the Disney Corporation creates characters that are transgender to seduce children into accepting wickedness as normal. Or when parents insanely offer their children gender identity options. Children are under assault now. The government wants to even have more influence on them. So the president announced that they would like to provide government education free of charge from the age of three to 20. You get the picture from the president and the leading politicians and bureaucrats, teachers, race hustlers, pornographers, media people, tech people, even medical people, children, the most defenseless are under attack. There is a war on children. You know what I say today? Happy Warriors Day. If you're a father, you're going to have to fight and pray and stand. Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. You know, I'm a spiritual child of incredible privilege. My first privilege being married to my wife, Maureen, who's here today, has to stick through both services. <laughs> I want to tell you, I've seen Proverbs 31, an excellent wife who can find for her worth is far above jewels. Her children rise up and bless her, her husband also. He praises her saying, many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. We celebrate our 49th anniversary this year. It's been fun. It still is fun. And it's wonderful. We have eight children. Six wonderful spouses-in-laws and 25 grandchildren. And it's a privilege to have been married to her. You know what? It's hard to be a father without a mother. You know the zenith of creation? But man, God saved the best to last. It was woman. Isn't that amazing? His, his, the crescendo of his creation was when God created you women and you mothers. The givers of life. God is the author of life. He gives life through mothers. How wonderful. I honor you on Father's Day. And it's a privilege to honor my mother and my father. My mother's here today. She's 95 years old. She still loves Jesus. She loves the word of God. She loves people. She loves her children. She loves her 80 plus great grandchildren. And she, her second great, great grandchild is on the way. And mom still has her brain. It's an amazing thing. Mom, we love you. Thank you for what you've, the blessing you've been in my life. And I had two great dads. My father-in-law, I just have to mention him, probably the most honored cadet in the history of VMI. Did you know that? The Virginia Military Institute. He was captain of the football team. He was the first captain. There were two awards, only two awards given at the school. He won both of them. The only cadet I think that's ever done that. He was moving up the chain in Procter & Gamble. It came to Memphis. They moved him here. And they were getting ready to move him to the home office to continue to go up the chain. Incredible man. He loved his family 
more than he loved the increase in position and prestige and money, and he cut his corporate throat and stayed here in Memphis with the same job for the rest of his life. I'm glad he did. I know the Lord looked out at that Billy Graham meeting. There were two pregnant mamas there, <laughs> Marty's mother and my mother. <laughs> he said, I, I think I'll get these two kids together someday. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I really do. And I can remember, we look back, we were at the same little swimming thing together when we were six years old and didn't know it. And I remember her, she would run and jump off the diving board and they tried to get me to do it and I wouldn't do it. <laughs> She's the one with the courage. Thank you, Lord, for Maureen's dad. My dad, more alive than ever at this moment in heaven, in the presence of Jesus. He died June the 29th, 16 years ago, written on his tombstone, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Isn't that great? Taylor, he was a great dad. Thank you for sharing that. He loved the Lord Jesus. He was not ashamed. I've been ashamed a lot, but my dad was not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I miss him. And I plan to meet him again soon, probably in the air, because the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus, we shall always be with the Lord. Isn't that great? Encouraging. Then I have an incredible privilege, indescribable joy in the privilege, and I still enjoy it. It gets better every day of being the father of eight children. I can't tell you the blessing they've been in my life. Eight wonderful children, and through God's grace in their lives, 25 ex exceedingly exceptional grandchildren. <laughs> I love what Dobson said, God's grandchildren are God's gift to you for not killing your own children, okay? And that's a lot of truth in that, isn't it? Oh, isn't they wonderful? I'm a living testimony to Psalm 127. I really am. I may be the richest man in this room. I don't know, but I feel that way. Behold, children are inheritance from the Lord. They're a gift. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. Maureen told me on our first date she wanted 12 children. We tried. <laughs> but the Lord's good. Let me tell you what. Children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. They're sharp. They're straight. They fly straight and true when you let go. If they know the Lord Jesus and if they're trusting him. And you want them to go straight. And be courageous and hit the mark. Happy, blessed, joy-filled is the man whose quiver is full. That's my life. I've been joy-filled. I asked my dad once. I said, Dad, how do, you, how, do, how, do you, how do you keep track of them all? He says, well, I pray for them all. He had 28 grandchildren. I said, well, how do you do that? He said, well, I start at the top and work my way down. So I've been doing that for years. I start with Chuck and Lydia and Brooks and Claire and Charles Radford III and Caroline and Abigail. Then I pick up Sarah and Hunter Smith, Darby, Hudson, Lucy Walt, Ellett, Russell, Witt, and then Cobb and Rachel, James and Ryder and Knox and Harper 
And then Stephen and Angela and their children, Will and Walker, Harrison, Hayes, and little Bennett, who's going to be dedicated at the next service. Last but not least, Walter and Haley, Thompson, Ford, Allie, and Avery, and then Mary and Tyler, and little Elsie, and then David and Drews, the sons of my old age, <laughs> much loved by their father and their mother and their grandmother. I'm so blessed. And I pray that they would grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray that for my children, that they would continue to follow and walk with Jesus Christ. And I love what Todd Eaton, who's refed, I can't tell you how many dozens and dozens of games I would see Todd refing with my children. And, and I mean, I, I'd be in the stands, and, and Todd would be refing, and he would look up, and, and he would see me, he'd put his hand up and goes, it's all about Jesus. Christ, Christ in you. The hope of glory. Football games, baseball games. Every time he saw me or Cobb or Stephen, one of my children, it's all about Jesus. He's in glory now. Did you know that? And his wife said it was just as real at home as it was with everything else that he did. Christ in you, the only hope of glory. And I pray for my grandchildren that they would come to know Jesus Christ. You know what? For unto us a son is born and a child is given, and the government's going to be his shoulders, and his name shall be called what? Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. What's Jesus' other name? He is the Everlasting Father. What did Jesus say? What? If you've seen me, what have you seen? The Father. Why is knowing Jesus so important? Because he's the Father. And he shows us what the Father is like. I, I don't understand the Trinity. But I want to tell you this. Jesus referred to him over and over and over and over and over. Start reading. The, the, take the words Father and start reading it. It's taken me two weeks. And Jesus called him the Father and my Father. And he's your Father. He's our Father. There's not a single person in this room that's fatherless. Did you know that? Because Jesus is alive, and he loves you, and he's a father. He's a father to the fatherless. He's a husband and a father to widows and to single mothers and to single fathers and to broken people. He loves you. And there's nothing more important to children know that their father loves them. So many don't have that today. What a tragedy. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from above and comes from the father of lights. You know what that means? It's the father of glory. What it means. Glory is the presence of God. He doesn't need the sun. He doesn't need the stars. He doesn't need the moon. It's who he is. Glory is the Shekinah, the, the light of his presence. And what is our father like? I, for lack of time, I go over this, the most important part of the message, probably too fast. I feel like a little boy with a little bucket, little, little, old, little plastic buckets you buy and lose or sit in the attic for the next 40 years that's been in the ocean and he picks up a little bucket and he comes with a spoon. I want to explain to y'all about God being the father. That's what I feel like. His love is an ocean. His life is, is infinity, eternity. It's amazing. The stars don't even match up with his glory. I want to tell you what the characteristics of our father. 
He loves you, and he will always love you. If you don't think so, look at the cross. He bore the shame. He took the crown of thorns and smashed on his head. He took the mockings and the scourgings and the spit and the fists and the slaps and the humiliation. He took the nails. They crucified him, and he bore your sin and mine on the cross. You are infinitely, infinitely precious and valuable in his sight. He's the Father. You are infinitely precious in faith. He died for you because he loved you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5. According to research, children need a father's presence and a father's attention and a father's closeness. And Jesus will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. By the power of the Spirit of God indwelling you and me, we have the presence of God, our Father, with us all the time. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. God is always with his children. He's trustworthy. He always keeps his promises. He never fails. He is a father who comforts and supports his children in all their afflictions and trials. He's the father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. All this is scripture. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And what? I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. Our father's a great listener. How many parents in here have struggled listening? <laughs> I can remember Chuck one day, I was reading the paper, doing something, wasn't paying attention. He was talking to me, and all of a sudden I felt this, Dad, look me in the eyes. You get it? Pay attention. <laughs> I'm trying to talk to you, you big dummy. You know what I mean? Lord, look at me with you. Hey, our God is an incredible listener. He pleads with us to call on him, to seek him, to knock, to ask, to take everything to him. Philippians 1, 6. Our Father is a friend. No longer do I call you servants, but I've called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father, I've made known to you. And you know what? My father and mother were pretty good about family devotions. I was terrible. Just family devotions, forgive me. My children, I've asked more than a time for their forgiveness. Dad was pretty good, but I want to tell you what. I learned about Jesus Christ from my dad. Man, we had so much fun together. Hunting, fishing, eating. <laughs> Everything was fun in dad's life. Whether we were hunting or fishing or golf, the sunrise, the beauty and the birds, everything about dad, it all reflected the goodness of God to him. And he shared that with his children growing up. And I have shared the same experience with my children. I'm going to tell you something. My dad was my closest friend growing up and my children are my closest friends now. I love being with them. I love, and they're getting to the point where they go, oh no, dad's calling me again. <laughs> What's broken? He needs help on the computer. <laughs> he needs his grass cut. <laughs> oh man, I want to tell you what, his arrows are in the hands of a mighty man. So are the children of one's youth. Our father is a friend. He disciplines us in love. He always disciplines us in love. I've never gotten over breaking the boat paddle on Cobb. <laughs> it was cracked. <laughs> I had to give Stephen the belt once and let him spank me because I was wrong. I whipped him and then realized that he, I was mistaken. And, and I thought Stephen would be kind. He hit me as hard as he could. Pow! <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, he was getting revenge, but I'll tell you, I thank the Lord. Our Father disciplines us always in love. 
Don't despise the chastening of the Lord. For the Lord whom he loves, he chastens. He's a forgiving father. The story of the prodigal son is not the story of the prodigal son. It's the story about the loving father. He loved the prodigal son and he loved the other son as well. And he's preparing a place for us in his house. I've always told him that mansions, God's not building a mansion. He's building us a room in his house. You think it's a mansion? His house is the most glorious house in the world. I've got to close. I'm out of time, but I have to close with a story. Our children need to see God in us. They need to see us loving him. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. He's the source of everything we need as fathers and as mothers. And we need to let our children know that we love him. He's our heavenly father. We need to love our children's mother. There's nothing you can do more important than loving your children's mother. Nothing hurts a child more than fathers who don't love their mothers. And we need to love them physically by God's grace. Verbally, emotionally, physically. I got to tell the story. Dr. E.F. McDaniel, first child, Peggy, was born with terrible cerebral palsy. She was a complete, affected all of her life. She couldn't talk. She couldn't walk. And they cared for her for 20 years. She died, I think, right about when she was 20 years of age. I was operating with him the morning he walked in, and he was heavy and burdened. And I could tell, I said, Dr. Mack, are you okay? He said, well, Peggy, Red, Peggy died early this morning. A little unexpected, but we knew it was coming. And he said this, and I was talking about what a father is really like. He said, you know, I bet I changed her diapers a million times. I would like to do it just once more. Isn't that amazing? But that's not the end of the story. She died at like 3 o'clock in the morning. And Dr. McDaniel said, I wouldn't be a Christian if it wasn't for Peggy. God used Peggy's life to change my life. He and Margaret deeply loved the Lord and said they, they, he's a physician and they decided to wait till in the morning before they called for the funeral home to come pick her up. And they were for two hours just praying and crying and, 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 and expressing the goodness of God as a father to them. And if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, you, you, you won't know. You'll never experience what it means to know the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles, in our afflictions, and in our sadness. He knows the pain of not being able to have children. He knows the pain and the sadness that we feel as earthly fathers when we fail. He understands. He knows the pain, the pain of prodigal children. He knows the pain and the failure so often experienced as dads make mistakes and fail their children. And he wants you to know, he wants every person in this room to know that he is a father to you. You want me to take the end of the story? You think God cared about Dr. McDaniel and Peggy? You know what's on her tombstone? She walks and she talks with the king. Isn't that amazing? But that's not the end of the story. Years later, I didn't know this when I t talked about Dr. McDaniel 23 years ago. At 5 a.m. in the morning, the phone rang. And it was 
one of Margaret's closest friends and prayer partners. And she said, five o'clock in the morning? Who calls people at five o'clock in the morning? She said, Margaret, I, she says, I've been sitting at the phone for two hours trying, trying to get up my nerve to call you. I've wanted to call you since three o'clock in the morning. She says, I had a dream at three o'clock this morning and I saw you walking across the field and Jesus came out of the woods in the great and you took Peggy and you put Peggy in his arms and he walked away with her. You think God cares about you? Your father may be the worst father that ever lived. Your heavenly father is the greatest father that ever lives. He loves you. He loves me. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your grace in our lives. We need it so much. There is warfare going on for the lives of our children. And I pray, Father, that we would be warriors and that our children would be sharp and straight arrows. Lord, who follow you and love you. Lord, only you are the solution to our problems and our needs. Thank you for loving us the way you do. And I pray that our children would see the glory of God in us as their parents and as their grandparents. Lord Jesus, for your sake and for the sake of our children and our own, we pray. Amen. Thank you.